episode two. Let's do it. Absolutely, absolutely. So That's what we're we, talking uh, about today, then, Callum. We are talking about well, newbies today. So new people to the gym, people who have never gone to the gym before, people who maybe have not gone to the gym for like twenty years and want to get back into it, um, which is basically like starting from scratch at that stage, anyway. I would say. Uh, that. Uh, yeah, newbies, newbies. I mean, we've made some like prerequisite notes, um, and it turns out there's a hell of a lot of topics we could cover with this. So there may inevitably be a part two to this one. Um, I agree. Probably, yeah. probably will be because there's just so many subcategories you can go into and a lot of specifics. Um, but I think that's you know I think some of the notes that you made. I think we should start quite broad. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. So. I think really the first thing is like, what would be, I guess, because we can look at this from two different angles. You currently work in a gym, you're a PT in a gym, so you're going to see a lot of people where it's the start of that journey for them. Yeah. Um, and and for me, I've obviously I've, I've coached in the past, and I, I help coach some runners and things like this now. Um, and I, I see people in different areas of their journey, so. I guess, what are the kind of questions that you would typically get asked right at the beginning and what sort of advice might you give people? I think generally, I think people's worries are actually in the wrong place initially. Um, So when I do say I have people for inductions or just like first time programs or whatever, I think generally a lot of the time people uh, worry too much about the details and with the stuff like, oh, how many reps should I be doing? How much weight should I be doing? How many sets should I be doing? What yep. all, all the exercise specifics and stuff like that, where generally I always say to people, it's like the first hurdle for you in regards to the gym is going to the gym. That's the yep. first hurdle you've got to overcome is one, just getting here and two, yeah, okay, getting used to the equipment that I've shown you. But it's the first hurdle for you is just getting used to the environment because it is a daunting environment. It just is, That's great. especially for a, for a lot of people. I don't know if I know anyone who walks into a gym 100% confident the first time. Um, so for the first hurdle is literally just like, say you want to start going twice a week. The first hurdle for you is just to show up twice a week. That's yes. it. Don't worry about all the details just yet. So the, generally I try and backtrack people a little bit when I talk to them and just be like, don't worry about any of that stuff yet. If I'm doing the program for you anyway, even like, cause we do free programming for people in the gym and stuff. Um, it's like, we'll take that thought process out for you. So all you have to worry about is just the, uh, just getting there and then just do whatever we've given you pretty much. I think that's a really big thing. Like that kind of taking the thought process out of programming, that's a massive thing. So that's one thing people don't have to think about. I think as well, one of the bits of advice that I always kind of give people is just focus on one thing at a time. So the worst thing people can do is wake up on January the 1st and go, right, today I'm going to stop smoking, drinking, I'm going to sort my diet out, going to go to the gym, I'm going to start running. Two weeks later, inevitably, they've completely fallen off the wagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pick one. And especially if you're brand new to all of this, you are going to see gains no matter what in one of those areas. Um, All of them are going to have a positive impact on your health trying to juggle five or six things at one time yeah no you're 100 percent right 100 percent right yeah yeah it's it's too much for us to do so my advice i mean the extreme one there might be smoking i would probably say to people well if you can stop smoking that's probably the first thing you should do however smoking is probably the only one where i would say do that in conjunction with something else because it's a distraction okay right but, okay yeah but the others i think yeah 
don't go to the gym stressing over like my calories in, calories out, et cetera, et cetera. Just go to the gym, focus on going to the gym. And exactly as you've said, like someone else is going to deal with the programming. Someone else is going to do the thinking for you and get comfortable in the environment. Because in those early stages, when you're figuring it out, I think, I think everything is just a bonus. A week ago, you were doing nothing. This right. week, you're going in there and you're learning how to use the machines, for example. Um, and I think, I think as well, when people first join the gym, that's probably the right area that they should start off to. Like the first time you go to the gym, you probably don't want to be thinking, right, I'm going to be bodybuilder in the next three months. I'm going to be a powerlifter. I think just getting comfortable in the environment is exactly like you've just said there. Like, um, you know, you kind of mentioned it is quite a daunting environment when you first, when you first start off. Yeah. Um, I think as well to go with that is try and think about the mindset that nobody there cares about you really yeah yeah, on it, yeah, no, yeah. that's a big one no one no one gives a shit really about what yeah. anyone else is doing really no. i think there can be like i think if anyone does think about stuff in their head about what someone else is doing it's more just to boost their own ego anyway yeah you know what i mean like it's and no it's never externalized anyway it's no, just no. like internal insecurity shit that people have 100 percent. you know no one really gives a fuck what anyone else is doing you know no and i think the thing to remember as well is that most of the people in that gym even that big grunting sweating bodybuilder guy in the corner that everybody's terrified he's probably just as insecure as you are 100 percent. yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, everybody yeah. underneath has their own hang-ups and their own insecurities so it, that's a really big thing and i think for a lot of people this is a barrier to entry they're intimidated by the gym they're intimidated by the people that are there um it might be another yeah. sport they're intimidated for runner uh, for running it's like I'm, I'm i'm not a runner it's like well if you're outside and you put one foot in front of the other and you're not walking you're you're running you are running then, yeah. Yeah. yeah um forget about the, everything else that goes with it you're doing that exercise um yeah. it, and i think this is a really really key thing is just forgetting what everyone else thinks about you and just just doing it absolutely yeah i think yeah and you made a really good point in terms of like before in terms of like changing habits and stuff um i've just started with a client now and you know she wants to lose some weight and stuff and i said to her just like i've talked to her a little bit about obviously i'm not a nutritionist so i can't do all that yeah. great nutrition stuff that stuff is really boring anyway um but i can't so i can give her advice and things like that and she outlined some of the bad habits that she has i'm like okay so for like the first couple of weeks i just want you to focus on one of those bad habits yeah. don't think of don't worry about changing all of them in one go just do one of them at a time because you'll get so stressed out like you said before, if you try and cut everything out at once, it's just not going to work. Like you need one thing at a time. And it's sort of a philosophy I've been working on for the past few years. It's sort of like you really have to build your foundation, right? And over the years, that foundation increases over time. So whatever your, so your baseline currently is we're just starting is nothing, right? You eat like shit and you, just, you, know, you don't go to the gym or anything like that. And then you start going twice a week or whatever and you start sorting out your diet a little bit a year goes by and then you start going three or four times a week and your diet's even better another year goes by you go even more you goes by then even when you have a shit week and say you only go twice a week that base your absolute baseline is better than your baseline was before so you're, you just got to improve whatever your lowest week is does that make sense and you can improve whatever your shit is week is to the point yeah. where your shit week is so much better than where you even started yeah so absolutely. it's just little changes over time there's no rush there's no rush yeah, no i completely agree with that i think i think that's another mistake that people make is that right i'm going to start going to the gym five days a week it's going to be x amount of hours per day yeah and inevitably 
two, three weeks later, they're, they're exhausted. They hate it. Um, it's yeah. just broken them down. They're sore, especially when you first starting. We obviously know that Dom's is going to be a lot worse in those early stages. Um, they know nothing about recovery, et cetera, et cetera. And it, yeah. it could turn what could be a really nice long journey into something miserable very, very quickly. And again, yeah. you see people fall off very, very fast. Um, I think as well that it's that key thing there about understanding that it's a long-term journey. This is now like a lifestyle change that you're going to make and it's a yeah. good habit that you're going to incorporate into your life and you're just going to, it's going to be something that you do going forward and ultimately you turn it into a habit. Um, yeah. I think as well, just realizing that it's okay not to go sometimes. It's okay to step back. Like you don't have yeah. to feel gooey. Like if if you go on holiday, well, I I don't work out when I go on holiday. I want to go and enjoy myself. No, I don't. No, like I don't. The, the last five years of solid training that I've done is not all going to be undone by one week on holiday or whatever no, it might no, be. No, no. Um, and that there should never be what shouldn't be associated with any of this is is guilt. Um, and I think as well, it's the same when it comes to like the eating thing. If people like are a really really good kind of they're eating well, they're feeling great, they've got everything in place, and then one day they have a really bad day, they just completely fall off. Big deal. One day doesn't yeah, undo yeah. a week, two weeks, three weeks, and so on. Like, just yeah, take yeah. it for what it was, move on. And sometimes you need those little mental resets as well. I, I know I do, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think um, what you were saying before in terms of, like, training being a lifestyle change is, like, I always say this to people, always, like, if you think of training as something that you're going to do for, like, the rest of your life, right? <laughs> What, what's six weeks? What's eight weeks? What's a year, for God's sake? That's such a short yeah. amount of time. Don't you, yeah. There's no need to rush with any of this stuff. Just take your time with it. And with what you were just saying just now, there is like a model they teach you when you're going through like PT qualifications and stuff. It's like the pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance, and relapse. And like the important bit is the relapse bit. Like that is part of the model, like is moving back through some of these stages. It's not like you're, you go into, you stay in action and maintenance permanently. There's always a relapse element. And it's, that's the most important stage in terms of you either feel really shit about yourself and then just fall off the wagon and never go back or be like, okay, I fucked up. I hold myself accountable and then just get back on the horse and crack on. Like it, it happens to everybody. Like shit happens in life that's going to affect you and make you have a shit day and just yeah. not feel like you want to go to the gym. That happens. But it's at the end of the day, it is just being accountable for your own, you know, I think, your own life at the end of the day. I think that's a massive thing. And I think another part of it as well is it's something that we don't always tell people, but I've started telling people more recently is like, be selfish. Yep. Yeah? It's your body. Invest some time in it. Yeah. What yeah, is 30 but... minutes a day? What is an hour a day? Now, I appreciate that when somebody's suddenly spending five, six, seven, eight hours a day in the gym, that starts to maybe become unacceptable if they've got other facets to their life. <laughs> if um, they've got children. Yeah. yeah, I know my family wouldn't be happy with that. However, oh, I, I think, yeah, like I think just being selfish isn't a bad thing because what you will hear is, first of all, generally people get support. Then they start to get the benefits from it. So they start to lose weight or they start to feel better about themselves. So they might even start to get more confident as a person. All of these kind of things. And then you'll start to hear negativity from other people. Are oh, you spending too much time at the gym? You've lost too much weight. It's like, oh, go on, just have that. Just eat it. Go on, just drink it. Just have whatever yeah, it might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. will always try and pull you off. And I don't necessarily think it's intentional or spiteful. I, just, I think it's just human nature. Um, but it's okay. It's okay to say no to those people. It's okay to be half an hour late because you just wanted to finish your workout out and get yeah, right. and so on. And I think long-term and going back to the whole thing about having a family, it's kind of like long-term, my kids are going to appreciate that 
going late into my 40s, well into my 50s, my 60s, hopefully my 70s, I'm going to be fit and healthy and I can still spend valuable time with them. Um, yeah. And I think it is really important that people kind of exactly, they look at that long-term goal of things. It's not just kind of like, right, well, I, I need to be ready to be on the beach holiday in three months' time. It's just kind of like, what about that beach holiday in 30 years' time when you still want to be active and you still want to be running yeah, right. and so on. Um, so I think, yeah, just taking that small bit of time to invest in yourself is really, really important. And yeah, it is yeah. selfishness, but I think it's selfless selfishness. Selfless that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I think, think that's the thing. There's always going to be people that like, um, unfortunately, that kind of will try and pull you back down to their level at the end of the 100%. day. Usually it comes from a jealousy standpoint. It's a case of yes. like, well, I'm not doing what you're doing. So I'm going to like try and rope you back into my like, my yeah. world a little bit and those people like you just gotta like you just gotta block that stuff out i'm not saying like i'm not saying like cut them out of your cut life together <laughs> just, yeah. just cut you know, just cut them off but you can <laughs> totally just say no like you can yeah. just be like no i'm not I, I can't do this or whatever on whatever day because at the end of the day i've got training tomorrow morning or i've got training like it's completely fine it's just fine to be that person and but like you say be selfish yeah, for you yourself because for the better of your own health like it's for the better of your health. I think it's. I think long term, it's for the better, better of your family. I think it's for the better of yeah, your friends. Right. I think. I think it does have these impacts. And I do totally agree. I, I do think that sometimes people aren't being malicious, but then I do agree exactly what you said there. That sometimes it's because people are just bringing you down. They don't do it, so why should you be? Well, they didn't have the willpower to stick it here, or they don't find enjoyment from it. Um, a lot of people think that we should all enjoy the same things, and if they don't enjoy it, and you do, they'll. They'll yeah, throw right. negativity your way. And I think that's just part and parcel of dealing with people. Um, but yeah, I, I I just think that once people start to look past that, realize that it's okay to say no sometimes, or just tell, I do it all the time. Yeah, I can do that, but I'm training for a marathon. So I've got a three hour long run Sunday morning. I'll meet you at lunchtime. Um, I mean, I've done it. We've done things. it in terms of like arranging to do this podcast. It's like, yes. okay, I can do these days. But I remember I have got training on some of these days. Every, so I have to account for that. Right. So it's like every single text that every, pretty much when we arrange yeah. it has that caveat in there. I've got but to like, fit it around I've, this, this and this. Yeah, I've got work now, but I have got training around work too. So it's like there is exactly. that balance. And yeah. And I think that's the thing. I think if you can find that balance where you balance it with life. So you balance it with everything else. It just becomes a part of you. And people then, over time, learn to expect it. It's like, oh, are you going to come out tonight? Or do you need to work out first? And then will you meet us later? It, yeah. it just, it's just, it is what it is. And I guess you kind of become that person. But going back to what we kind of said just now, I, I know two brothers. And one of them, during the lockdown, got heavily into cycling. And then after that, he joined the running club. And ultimately, he moved into like sprint triathlons. His brother did the oh, cool. opposite and just sat at home and, I know, lived the lockdown lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. And at the end of it, the brother that had kind of just been sat at home basically doing nothing and eating is very much, oh, you're obsessed. It's like all the negativity you could think of throwing out. But instead of going, wow, two years ago, you could probably ride 5K. Now you're doing triathlons. Yeah. Like, and at the moment, I know the guy is progressing from sprint and he's thinking about doing his first half iron man. And that's only in like, it's in like less than four years from no fit. Yeah. 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 He just yeah. got up of his own accord and done it. But the brother is never like, oh, wow, it's so impressive. Well done. I wish I could do that. How can you help me to be off? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's exactly, that's a very good example of that kind of thing. 
it's like i feel bad for not doing it so i'm gonna make you somehow feel bad for sorting yourself out it's yeah. really weird like yeah absolutely weird. but then if i was to do the other way so i feel bad when i don't go and train i love training i get action oh yeah yeah, yeah i'm good at it and if i've yeah, got a session yeah. planned and i missed that for whatever reason now i know i can do it another day and i know one yeah, session yeah. doesn't make a difference but um what i wouldn't want to start doing is then be litany in the people i know that don't do it like I wouldn't do it in the opposite direction. I wouldn't get. I like. I would encourage people to come and work out. Yeah, I yeah. Belittle them for not working out. It's 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 yeah, a strange. Yeah. It's a strange dynamic. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, I definitely. I th I know you made some few notes for this. I just want to say something initially, but I definitely think you can uh, go from this with what you wrote in our chat. Is um, I did want to talk about the difference between motivation and discipline. Yeah. Um, so. I think you you hear it a lot in terms of like you hear always hear people say like how do I stay motivated and we always have everyone always has that that late night fucking oh they're driving on their car on the way home they're listening to some music that's gassing them up and they're like oh my god I'm gonna sort my life out I'm listening yeah, to like yeah. Mike Mike Tyson make this sick speech about sorting myself out I'm feeling it right now alarm goes off at seven eight six seven a.m. in the morning like you know I can't be fucked it's this is the this is the difference yeah this is the difference between motivation is kind of is bullshit if i'm being perfectly honest yeah i no one no one feels motivated 100 of the time no, like it, it, this but this is where discipline comes into play because discipline is doing what you need to do despite being motivated or not and yes. more often than not i find the workouts that i do when i'm like least motivated make me feel the best afterwards and those are the workouts that turn out to be the most important ones because they're the ones that make you grow the most. And the if you, if you ones, yeah. yeah, if you if you learn to go when you really really don't want to, it's going to take you to a whole new level than always going when you feel like it. Um, I mean, this is one of the benefits of having a PT sometimes is they can hold you accountable in that respect. But that is always the difference between motivation and discipline. Motivation you can kind of just ignore like it's it's all about it's all about the discipline really and staying consistent despite how you have to ignore your feelings at the, a lot of the time you have to just Dude. shove that shit aside and just do it just do it so motivation is a strange thing because people kind of talk about it like we've got this inner motivation and we've got levels of motivation and i can just draw from that motivation and do what yeah, I and go, and yeah right. that's not how it works it, it's it's not like i have this separate motivational set of energy that yeah i need to do something i can just pull from that source because like yeah, it doesn't yeah. work like that and like you said there like ultimately motivation is is bullshit yeah it's it is it comes down to discipline the key thing you said there was accountability um people find accountability in very very different things so it might be that you've got an accountability partner so, for example, you go to the gym with a person, you and you can kind of said, right, we're going to meet at five a.m. at five p.m. Sorry, three days a week. When you go to the gym for an hour, we're going to work out. And if you miss that session, you're kind of letting that person down. Um, yeah. So sometimes people find it like that. Um, yeah, I think that's really, really good. But the only time that falls off is when one person can't make the session yeah yeah what you don't want to have do that like, reliability you go on your own or yeah, yeah. you're just going to bail because they bail yeah. i've i've kind of found for myself personally what i do is like really really small things so for example i always know what i'm doing the day before okay at the moment while i'm training for a marathon I, I i know well weeks in advance what i'm doing like pretty much every session is planned out but the day before every session 
I, I write it down on a post-it note so I know what I'm doing the next day and I, I hold myself accountable to that post-it note and I know that's a tiny thing and I've been working out for a long long time but I still do that now because I know tomorrow that that's the minimum amount of exercise that I'm going to do um, and I think that does come down to discipline yep so I understand that regardless of what happens tomorrow I don't care how the day goes I'm going to find time to do that and a great example of that was yesterday. I obviously saw you in the gym in the evening. Now, I don't normally train in the evenings because it's just too busy for me. So my first comment was, well, yeah, it's, it's the Easter holidays. I couldn't get it in during the day when I'd normally get it in. I'm here yeah. now. And I think you were like, well, you're here. That's the important thing. Yeah. Um, and that was it. And it's purely back to that whole thing that yesterday I, or the day before I wrote down what I was going to do as minimum for that day. And I did it. And it's, I think it is just kind of small things like that that people kind of need to do. Now, there are kind of like nuances to, I don't know if it's motivation or um, kind of the discipline of doing things, but there are kind of like levels to it. So the first thing is like people are going to be motivated to do something just because there's personal meaning to it. So, for example, they might have signed up to do a half marathon. They might have got a wedding dates coming up. There might be some, I don't know, a, a reunion and they just want to look absolutely shit off for it, whatever it might be. There's some personal meaning for getting up and going to the gym. Something, I don't know, something's triggered them to do it. Could be a health scare. Yeah, could be a health <laughs> scare. A common one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's all these different yeah. things that are going to become that trigger point for you to get up and do it. And I think then what happens is one of two things. You reach that goal and then you drop off. And you don't do it until you have another health scare or until a friend convinces you that it's time to do another half marathon or whatever it might be. Or you fall in love with it. You see the the positive impact that it's had on your life and then you just you start to continue with it. And I think that there is then where people kind of, they move into that sort of master, mastery phase, which is kind of where they're actually kind of learning to understand the improvements that they're making and they're starting to monitor those improvements. So as a runner, your 5K time might be coming down um, you you might be able to run 10K instead of 5K. All of these things you might see as a lifter, you're going to start to see your weights increase and, and so on. Um, so there's, you then start to reap some kind of gain from it and you look forward to hitting that next PR. You start to look forward to hitting that, um, that I don't know, that, that, that fastest time, whatever it might be. And I think that's a really, really important stage that a lot of people are in, especially when they're kind of quite new to something because the gains are a lot, a lot better in that early stage yeah, yeah, yeah um i like me now for example i tend to time trial a 5k once a year because the chances of me getting my 5k time much faster or, or even pring ever again are very unlikely because i've hit some seriously fast times in the past um so i'll do that kind of once a year but that's because i'm more in the next stage of it which is that kind of flow state of things where i actually understand what i'm doing a little bit more i understand the effort for the output so I understand that for me to go and get a 5k PR, I understand how much effort has to go into that. It's not a case of getting up, going out and smashing out a 5k. It's a case of me actually spending six or seven weeks working to that 5k PR. Um, and I'm at that point where I'm doing that. It's the same as if I want to go and PR my, my back squat. I'm not just going to walk into the gym right now and PR it or match my PR. I'm probably going to have to do a dedicated lifting block to get me to that point. And again, I, I start to I start to understand what it takes to get to there, and I think this is where kind of making myself accountable by write, writing down those sort of post-it notes and things like that 
the two things kind of tie into each other. So for example, at the moment, while I'm doing my marathon training, I try to do about 80% of my running at an easy pace and about 20% of it at marathon pace or beyond. So I'm kind of actually putting in a lot of effort. But for those sessions that are going to be hard, I've already written them down. The day before, the week before, whatever it might be, I'm already thinking about that session because I know the effort I need to put into it. Um, and yeah. again, because I understand it and I'm motivated by that understanding. I look forward to the bit of suffering that I'm going to put myself through for that half yeah, hour yeah. or that hour or whatever it might be. And I think this is the key thing. I think this is where people actually start to get something from exercise and they start to get something from sport. Um, I certainly don't work out for the sake of wanting to lose weight or wanting to reduce my calories for the day. I, like, I don't even know how many calories I burn during the day when I sort of work out. I just don't track any of that kind of stuff. For me, it's all about the performance of it. Um, so th there's absolutely kind of like different ways people would look at it. But going right back to that kind of personal reading, I think that this is the one that people really need to kind of work with where they know why they're there now in the first place. But what happens when you hit that, that milestone yeah, I don't know. I'm 12 stone. I want to get down to 11 stone. Well, what happens when you're 11 stone? Do you just stop and wait till you're 12 stone again and carry on? Yeah. Right. Or would you learn to now maintain that 11 stone, um, which is obviously where we've kind of like moved into that sort of mastery phase where we're actually working with it and understanding kind of how, how, how it works and how we can manage it to stay in that sort of that base phase, really. Yeah. No, you're right. No, I love that. Um, yeah, because it does. You do get to a point for sure where, because we know we know exercise improves brain function and makes you feel better. Yeah. So it becomes a point where when you don't go, you notice your mood change, yes. and like you you miss <laughs> like the kick of having a workout. Like that's one of the things about going on. Like if I go for a holiday for a week, but it's honestly by the last day, I'm like, I can't wait to go home and train. Like yeah. honest, like you know, you can't wait to get home and just train like, um, and stuff like that. And I think it's weird because. It's, this sound, it sounds stupid, right? Because I've always had people like, because I don't train at this time anymore, but I used to like train, you know, wake up at 6 a.m. five days a week and go train before work or whatever. Um, people always have, used to ask me, like, how do you do that? Or like, how do you do it? It's like, I just, I don't know. I just do it. Like, yeah. there isn't really, like, I can't really give you any, like, secret. I just, my alarm goes off and I get out of bed. So, like, one of the things. really a secret to this shit. You just. Do it. You just do this. Now, stupid, one of the things you're just saying to that right. that people said to me is like, "How do you get up?" Because I've been through that phase as well, especially when I was fighting. I was getting my yeah, own right. session, then a daytime, then an right. evening session because that's yeah. all I was doing, and I was coaching in between. People always ask me like, "How were you getting up and doing that first session?" Well, the truth is, I hated getting out of bed. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it yeah. sucks getting out of bed at five a.m. It sucks getting out of bed at eleven a.m. I love being in bed. Yeah. yeah. Well, it yeah, doesn't matter yeah, what yeah. time of day it is. It's yeah, right. Getting up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's for me personally. So it is just the case of exactly like you said. You just it's it sounds stupid because that you just you just like there's like I say to people all the times like I don't want to get out of bed like you said I don't want to get out of bed either I don't want to get out of bed it's fucking comfy and nice and warm I don't want to get up it's cold outside I don't want to get up but you just this is where the discipline comes back but you just you have to just you do, just do it. it. And it does get easier over time, but and it it does. it does get it does just get easier. But like you do just have to do it. Like there you is do condition yourself to it, and then of course it gets easier naturally when you start to see those progressions. Yeah, when right. yeah, suddenly yeah. you can get up at five a.m. and rather than running five k in thirty minutes, you're running five k in twenty five minutes. 
or rather than running 5k you're running 8k whatever it might be or yeah, yeah, you're yeah. getting up and you're going to the gym and as you're leading other people are coming in but you've got that feeling and of that sense of well-being that i've done it i, I am done for the day I've, I've smashed this out now i can get on with anything um and you probably by getting up at like 5am or whatever it might be and doing that session you've probably done the hardest thing you're going to do that day you're probably yeah. now set up to deal with yeah that. it sets your day up it sets your day up really, really well does. And it's better to get it out of the way, honestly. That's at least that's how I feel. Like, I hated evening training. Like, I always get yeah, up, I still do, do it. And then, yeah. yeah, when I finish work, then I can just go home. You I know the time home. Yeah, that's but I can't do that now, unfortunately, because if I if I get up <laughs> earlier, I open the gym. So, like, I can't go to the gym before the gym opens because I open the gym. Yeah. So, like, I can't really, I have no choice to train after work some days. Absolutely. But, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> or if I'm closing, I can't train after. So I Train after that. Yeah, yeah, I'm like consummate. so. When I, I I was uh, when I was fighting and coaching out of the gym, that's exactly what we would do. Is like fighters would just get up, go there early before the public, we'd get our mm-hmm. sessions in, and like that, it was good fun, and it's a really really nice way of doing it. But that's a luxury place to be in. You've also yeah, got yeah. in that situation as well. You also have that luxury of not having to deal with work and all of those other things that come with it. Work was coaching, which is arguably work. <laughs> I mean. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, um, what's advice? So, going right back to the very beginning there, like people first yeah. rocking up. Um, yeah, I mean, I think what... it's difficult that you know, like at least, at least where I work, we do offer people programming for free and stuff yeah. like that. And I, I guess, in like, if you go to Pure Gym, they won't give that to you. Okay. So, like, I think for it's hard for people to be, oh, shit, well, I'm not going to have all that help and advice. Yeah. Um, if you do have a friend you can go with ask them if you can go with them and start joining with them because they'll hopefully be able to show you some things anyway um obviously it's hard you don't know whether the friend is going to give you the right shit but it's better than nothing it it Um, is better than nothing yeah yeah and it's like whose programs do you follow who do you follow for advice like there's there is a lot to it and it's like how often do i go what exercises should i actually do um how much cardio compared to strength training should i do what's the differences between the two like there is this is where like we need another episode really um, there and like at the end of the day, a, a lot of people do kind of need like, okay, well, I am I'm going to the gym now, and I've maybe been going for a bit, but I'd like to take it to like another level, like you we were talking about before. So like, where do I kind of go? But at the end of the day, it's all goal dependent. It's so there's tons of variables that go into that too. Um, so there's a <laughs> there's a shitload of stuff, really like and variables that we could go in and dive down into with this stuff. Um, I think as well, like um. The, the other thing, again, go back to a point we sort of mentioned just now is like that whole sort of frequency of training. When people sort of first join the gym or they first start running, what, what would you suggest would be a good amount of times to start um, a week? I and think for how well, long? Yeah, I mean, for I generally say to people when they first start in terms of like, because I we generally do, I'm kind of more on for the benefits if you're a newbie for resistance training before cardio yep. personally. Um, I just think it gives you more of a broad spectrum of benefits. Um, but sometimes I do do like say I usually do like an hour. It's generally like a good rule of thumb. Um, but you can always just do forty five minutes of weight, fifteen minutes of cardio, forty minutes of weights, twenty minutes of cardio, or something like that. Um, it just may be a case of the cardio portion is a little bit more intense um, because it's shorter. But then you get then again, if you're doing say two weight sessions a week with a little bit of cardio, a good extra to that would be just getting daily steps in. Yeah. Um, that's always an easy one. Uh, well, not always easy, but like it can. It's an easy way of kind of if you've got a dog, that always helps. Just 
Um, just, so daily yeah. steps is a good one or just maybe a separate cardio session in the week for an hour or something like that. It could be as, it, honestly as simple as that. You can see plenty of gains, uh, gains initially just doing two weight sessions a week, like period. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think so right now I do three weight sessions a week. Neither of them last an hour because again, for yeah. the math, and so they're divided up with, with cardio work. But yeah, I would absolutely agree. Two dedicated strength sessions per week. And then if somebody is starting to think about what cardio should I do or that kind of thing, then I would probably have, yeah, one dedicated session in there a week just to sort of like... And make it whatever the fuck you want as well. Yeah, one hundred like Cardio, make it whatever the hell you want. Yeah, like, honestly. 100%. When I'm not training for a sort of run specific, I do everything. Yeah. A lot of rowing, um, a lot of... Um, lot kind of cross training and things like that and i i I think there's there's benefit to everything but any of those things that are just going to start to use your aerobic system um that it's going to be absolutely kind of key and i think what naturally happens then is people are going to gravitate one or one of two things they're going to start to gravitate towards the weight training or they're going to start gravitating towards the cardio or they are going to think about that kind of hybrid of both uh, figure out a way to kind of put the two together so my training very much works around that. I get a lot of mileage in per week, but I obviously do a lot of strength training per week. Unlike a lot yeah. of runners who are just pure, they just purely run. Yeah, um, I, I, would, I definitely do both. It's just whatever the yeah. ratio is. Like you can do 80-20 either way, but I would just make sure that like you do, like doing 100% of one thing is probably not the best idea. No, I would I totally do both if you can. Um, yep. But things are like, if we're going to, to be fair, one cardio equipment I would say was probably the best bang for your buck is the stair climb. Not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. You can get more out of that thing in like 10 minutes than you can half an hour on a treadmill. That thing is a beast of a machine. Yeah, um, so if I had to nominate one like at the top, I would say probably the stair climb. Yeah, I um, I think with the machines that are in the gym, the stair climb and the rower are two that I gravitate towards the most. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, Rowing for me is just something I've always kind of enjoyed, and it does tie in with some of the other sports I do. So kind of like the hybrid racing things like that. But that's on yeah, a personal yeah. level. I, I need to do it because it's part of that. Um, I think all all of them as well. They just they're a step away from training. They're a step away from the treadmill. Even now, I, I hate running on the treadmill. I use it every week as a tool because it's, it's convenient so and it's right there. Yeah, it's and so I, I, I I use it for my short recovery runs, five or six k at a time, or I'll brace it into circuits, I'll like 200 meters on or something else, yeah, that kind of thing. Stuff. Um, but again, that's because I've got that kind of advanced knowledge and that confidence to start doing those things. I don't expect someone like yeah. first day into the gym to do those kind of things. Um, but again, I do think there is that initial phase of just finding what works for you. I would always absolutely say to someone, it's like, do you enjoy it? Would you rather stand on the treadmill? getting nothing out of it, going through the motions for 30 minutes, hating it, feeling miserable about your life, or jump onto the bike for 30 minutes, maybe not smash the same amount of calories if that's your goal, but you enjoyed yeah. it. You've got a sense of purpose, a sense of well-being from it. I would argue in those early stages that that's more important. Yeah, 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 for the sure. one that you're for enjoying sure. is what's going to keep you coming back as opposed to just going on there and just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, you're yeah. right. You're right. No, you're right. I think and class is always a good one too. Class yeah. is a good... And if you can find a sport that you also enjoy, that kind of covers cardio most of the time. Um, I don't think there really is hard for me to think of like a, a singular sport that's like as good as going to the gym or I guess like stuff like CrossFit maybe, but that's such a hybrid sport anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. cause that, that covers a lot of ground. 
Um, yeah. But like, it's like, you know, if you're playing football or like squash or whatever, like that's not going to give you it's the not benefits that. of strength training. Like there is even climbing does give you, it's a lot of strength based, but even then you need to supplement training. Like every sport yeah. needs supplement gym training, every single one. There isn't yeah, a sport that doesn't have that. that. So it's... I... I see that all the time in running. I, I can't get my head around the amount of runners that don't do strength work. And yeah, use right. the argument that oh, I ran I run trails once a week. That is not strength work. Like, yes, it, there's yeah, 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 support yeah. work in there because you're using different muscles, et cetera, et cetera. But that is not yeah. dedicated strength training. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and now I don't expect every runner to go out there and start like deadlifting 200 kilos and oh, yeah, 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 yeah. all of it. Like, of yeah. course not. But there is a place in that to just start bulletproofing your body, to start making bulletproof your knees, your hips, your ankles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and the extra mobility that comes comes from it. Yep. So, like being yeah, a yeah. squatter, for example, and like you say, the mobility that comes from that hip mobility, the knee work, the ankle work. If you can keep flat feet, all of these things have such a positive impact on on everything else. Um, and for me personally, it's like. Uh, I, I just, I think if I had to right now, if I was asked which one I was going to drop first, it would be the running. I, I would much rather be going to the gym three times a week and doing the strength and I would drop the running and I would get more long-term enjoyment out of that, more longevity yeah, out of it yeah, yeah, than yeah. I would running like 80k a week or 100k a week. Yeah, it's much more fun. <laughs> yeah, because At least ultimately, anyway. uh, it is for me. Because the other thing is, I know that if I was to go to the gym, let's say four or five times a week, and all I did was lift and some metcons or something like that, um, or I run 80 or 100k a week, I know that come the time I'm 50 or 60, I'm going to be a lot lighter, a lot more broken down, a lot more worn out than I am if I'm just following a healthy strength program over that same yeah, period of time. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, that isn't a situation I want to be in, and I don't want to make that choice. But I know which one for me I would consider for from a longevity point of view. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Um, sure. So what do you kind of think then? What sort of lifting do you think people should be doing when they first walk up to um, the gym or want to start to get confident? I think generally we start a lot of people with machine-based stuff, machine, yep. just machine-based, because obviously it takes the stability component is completely taken away, um, which obviously there's some nuance to this. Um, and it kind of just gets people like people's muscles working, right? Um, obviously, I do want to implement some free weight with people at some point because, um, that's to be fair, this is generally if I'm doing if I'm just making a program for someone to, to crack on, it'd be different if I was doing PT and if I'm with them all the time, I would generally yes. probably start with more free weight. Um, but because of free weight, there's a little bit more technical aspect involved if i'm doing pt with someone i can focus on that and i can help them constantly whereas if i'm just making a program for someone to crack on with i'll generally just do more machine-based stuff at least to start with because um yeah that stability component is taken away and they can kind of just focus on the machine itself um so generally i think machines are a great place to start if you just they're a bit more you know you can kind of sit down and do your own thing um, and they're a little bit more comfortable, I think, just like mentally, kind of just crack one. I know some of them are a bit daunting, like the leg curl. People always get fucked up with the leg seated leg curl. Yeah, it's a bit of a machine, but once you get used to it, it's like I yeah. always say this to people when, like, I was like, I promise you, this machine is so fucking good for your hamstrings. It's worth yeah. like the pain of just getting like figuring it out. Um, it's like the best, the best hamstring machine, period, and probably the best, maybe the best hamstring exercise, period, is the seated leg curl um so yeah machines are a good place to start 
Um, but you don't have to start there if you want to. If you've got somebody who does free weight, crack on with doing free weight. If you want to start, there is nothing where I hate the, there's a big fear mongering aspect for sure. Like people will try and make out that doing a barbell back squat is going to kill you or doing a deadlift is going to kill you. Like everyone has to start somewhere. Yep, so you can, if you don't have to necessarily start with a barbell but on your back, you can do uh, squats with a box, kettlebell, dumbbell, some sort of goblet or whatever it is. And then start with a barbell back squat with like if you've got a 10 kilo barbell in your gym, like we do. Um, so it's super light on your back and you can just spend like eight weeks purely just focusing on tech. Um, there's a lot of nuance you can go into that specific exercise and learning how to squat. Um, generally, yeah, looking at here, there's tons of stuff I had listed down. So frequency of training we covered a little bit. So twice a week, I think you probably agree with that for strength yeah. training. I think start uh, off, yeah balancing of cardio and strength depending on what your goal is and depending on what you want but you can make it 50 50 to start with no problem uh compound versus isolation exercises so i think um it's good to have a mix of both a lot of people will say at this to start with you can just give people compounds because like they're just going to get growth from it anyway and it's best to cover all bases but i think it's kind of i don't think isolation exercises because sometimes feel quite nice like a bicep curl feels pretty fucking nice i can't lie and that's a pure isolation exercise or a tricep yeah, push now absolutely um so you don't necessarily have to just do compounds you can mix in some isolations in there and that's fine um i think a common way i think you might have some boys on this is if like say someone has like is overweight and they want but they want to build muscle like do they lose weight first or do they build muscle first and that's yeah. a weird one because I think initially you can find that, especially in those stages, you're kind of in a Goldilocks zone where you can probably lose weight and build muscle at the same time. Agreed. Um, but at the end of the day, I would just, I would try and just do that initially. Like just put yourself in like, I'm not necessarily saying you have to count calories for this, but just put yourself in a little bit of a deficit. Like deficit. Just, yeah, just a very light deficit, like not much, like I'm talking like two, 300 calories yep. below your BMR. Yep. Um, something like that, or at least your working calorie day whatever it is yeah no, um, I totally agree. but yeah i mean in terms of say you're like a 60 year old woman like i mean like where do you start in that that's another aspect like depending on what your age is is another aspect it's, that's absolutely a huge one because yeah. everybody's gonna have different needs we know yeah. the the 18 year old lad who is completely influenced by instagram is gonna have different needs to like yeah. say the 60 year old woman um, and I think I think that is a really really key point. And this is where kind of going back to things like low impact cardio is probably going to be a benefit. This is where using machines is going to be a benefit. I'm not suggesting that a 60 year old woman on her first visit to the gym sticks a 20 kilo bar on her back and starts squatting, or yeah yeah, yeah. a couple of 25 plates I on. Get, get I'd get fucking fired if I did that. Yeah yeah absolutely. I mean, no she'd probably way. shock us all, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so yeah, I think the client is a huge, is absolutely a huge thing. I mean, understanding the person and then going right back to what their personal needs are, what are they trying to get out of it? If it is just the case of that sixty-year-old woman, like she's just retired, she's spent the last thirty years working behind the desk, and all she wants to do is to start moving a little bit more efficiently than she has for the last thirty years. Yeah, and there's lots of low-impact things she can do. There's Lots totally. of machines where you can adjust, just just adjust the weight and get it comfortable, get her legs moving, get her muscles moving in a way that they didn't move before. And that's a person that I wouldn't, I'm not going to suggest that person starts doing box jumps and so on. And so like, there's just no need for that. To be yeah. fair though, there is a lot of, um, we, this is when we do an episode on the Azalea, I want to go into this, but I'll just briefly, yeah, yeah. now I've been, done some, there's a couple of studies that have been published in terms of like velocity-based training for elderly. Yes. 
Um, so a lot of beforehand, it's been seen as something that's quite dangerous, just like moving light objects fast is pretty much yeah, yeah. velocity-based training is, um, for anyone who doesn't know. And um, I think, because like it, with the power equation, right? So force times velocity is the power equation. So if you want to increase the power of someone, we need to do high force stuff. So moving yep. heavy things slowly or velocity stuff, moving light stuff really fast. So that velocity component isn't necessarily looked at, especially with the elderly. It's more about force. So I think that, but I think a lot of the time in terms of when things go wrong with elderly people, it's, it has to be, it's quick response stuff. So it's like either you're driving in your car and you've got to react quickly or it's your, you are about to fall over and you've got to catch yourself quickly. So I think that velocity component, I think that with the data that's been suggested is very important for that kind of demographic. So there's, yeah. especially not straight away, like don't do it straight. I'm talking like you've once you've been going like, yeah. for a good few months. But velocity-based training is definitely something for every everybody for sure. But I mean, that's, that's actually something really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's actually something that like is worth diving into at some point. With that, yeah, really sure. interesting points so that you can absolutely yeah. see the benefits, especially there we talk about like real-world situations where. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially for that turn, age group for sure. It's, it's yeah, yeah. Massive. And there's a yeah. great example there, like where you've had that woman who's just retired, who's sat there for like thirty years that's the kind of person who's going to benefit from those things but yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. day one that isn't what they should be doing it's again yeah. even for that person it's about instilling that confidence making the gym or whatever it might be club class whatever it is making it a welcoming place making it somewhere comfortable that they feel safe and that they can come to and then start to develop those skills and of course over time that then we you start to in, integrate these these kind of new things to them Going right back to what we kind of said just now about like kind of getting under the bar and learning those skills. Um, up until about three weeks ago, just because I, I want to avoid anything that potentially injure me as I get closer to a marathon, um, I do a lot of Olympic listing. But when I initially started Olympic listing, it was weeks of just using a broom, nailing those movements. Then it was weeks of just doing it with bar. And it took, it was a long time before I started even thinking about piling weight on because it was always getting the technique absolutely dialed and then starting to increase the weight over time. Um, and I think this is the mistake that a lot of people make when they first join anything is just like rashing on all the weight or running as fast as they can. They, they want to do everything about high standard. And I think it goes right back to what we said at the very beginning there, which is just kind of like thinking about this as a long journey. If a brand new person wants to take up Olympic lifting tomorrow, it's going to be weeks and weeks before they're getting under a bar confidently. And it's going to be probably months before they're actually starting to put some decent weight on that bar. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's the same way it goes to from like a, a basic lift point of view, squats, deadlifts. Uh, you're certainly not just going to be your first set of deadlifts, although I have seen it, but you shouldn't be on your first set of deadlifts just rowing on as much as possible. Yeah. And, busting yourself up forever it's, it's again it's just slow progression and i think that's the biggest mistake yeah. that most people make with any of these things is it's probably going right back to what we said as well is that you look around the gym and you see other people doing this so why shouldn't i be doing that and it's really yeah. easy to get sapped up into that environment yeah um, but i think I, sorry i was to say i was think just expanding on that i think in terms of technique stuff i think some good general rules of thumb for like every exercise it is that you do is to um, emphasize control um, so don't be throwing the weight around pretty much so load management and control of weight are the two things that's going to make um, 
everything a bit nicer on your joints and your muscles going forward so i would i always i generally follow with new people as like the um like the two for one rule so like two seconds for the eccentrics that'd be the lowering portion and then one second for the concentric generally speaking is the general rule of thumb that i follow um and yeah and load management like you were saying before is very important so just gradually increasing weight over time one that will be nicer for your body to handle and two it will make it so your plateau like your top shelf sort of eases up as you go so you're not in, if you go too soon what happened you're going to hit that shelf a lot sooner whereas you can sort of push it like this if you're if you're going up gradually yeah. and it's much nicer but i'm more there is always going to be a time where you reach a plateau i don't give a fuck what anyone says like you no, will hit no. a plateau at some point growth generally is like this that's generally how it goes so yep. first year is generally like that it's brilliant and first year everything is the best. tapers off yeah. yeah it just tapers off yeah. i've said that to a lot of people um that might be coaching and running things like that is that I wish I was back at the start of my kind of running journey because it's so exciting because it's it gets blessed, so yeah. good so quick. Um, yeah, yeah, you start yeah. to see those differences, and it's it's amazing that like I don't know. Let's take someone that's never run before, and over a three month period, they're going to go from thirty minutes of run walking, maybe twenty minutes, so that might even be walking, through to being able to run thirty minutes solidly. Uh, but once they can run 30 minutes solidly, it's about right walk and run 5k 30 minutes. Now can I run 5k in 25 minutes? And those progressions come in really, really quick. For me now, if I wanted to grab PR my 5k, for example, it's like I'm talking about knocking a second off of that. A second off. Yeah, I'm not yeah. talking about knocking minutes off of that. It. It's, it's the, the kind of yeah. the gains I'm going to get now are so minimal. And even for me to yeah. get that one or two seconds, like I said just now, it's that's weeks of training going into yeah that. yeah it's the same with Where, powerlifting prs is yeah, like push, pushing up 1.25 kilos could be the goal like actually to yeah. be fair i got i got a new box jump pr today that was the thing, good thing that happened today nice. that was literally like three quarters of an inch like yeah. that was like, again how much yeah. difference it felt good though it felt yeah, yeah 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 exactly like that is the difference between because basically the problem was so my previous record was 51 inches on the box exactly so and i hadn't tried it in a long time so i basically was just trying to see if i could still do 51 um and the problem is with the boxes i could only push it up by three inches using the boxes so yes. i got like the red mats um and i just put like a red mat underneath it and yeah, it just yeah. pushed it up by like maybe three quarters of an inch so i just used that and i was like okay so i pushed it just a little bit but i've i've got a new PLO that's from it so that's, yeah that's what happens is initially yeah. so if you think like the first time you probably did a box jump, it was probably on an 18 inch box yeah, and right. you probably progressed to like 24 yeah. like two and so on and then it gets to the point where those increments are no longer six inches at a time they are exactly yeah. like you said now like yeah. down to like yeah. centimeters yeah and that's what happens it's like the better you get at something the smaller those progressions become and that's where it goes right back to what we said just now, where you're kind of in, you're in that flow because you understand it. You now understand what it's going to take you to get like fifty-two and a half. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the effort you're going to have to put into that. In the same yeah. way, I understand what it takes me to chip off a few seconds from my five k. Um, and that that's and again, it all comes with experience and it all comes with the knowledge of doing these things. But yeah, that early stage where those gains are absolutely massive. Like is where people go from like barely being able to lift the 20k bar on their back to being able to squat their own body weight yeah. um and that that will come very quick but going yeah, being yeah, able to does, squat actually. their own body weight to 100 kilos it is probably actually good and um, well unless they weigh more than 100 kilos 
but uh <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but, but like that progression from let's say 70 kilo guy wanting to get up to 100 kilos guy absolutely achievable but that's going to be a lot slower than going from bar to 70 and so that yeah you know, that no, you're right. um and i think that's again that's another point where people can quite easily lose that motivation they either get motivated by those small gains or they start to drop off again because it's like I, i've reached my plateau i've got as good at this as i could possibly get um, yeah. no, I, I mean, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Yeah. I was just saying, yeah, the last thing that I do now is as I'm getting older, is I'm at a point now where I try to focus on not going backwards, but not losing my game. So, yeah, that right, yeah. PR, it's like, can I PR this year the same as what can I match last year? Yeah. And if I can't, as long as I suddenly haven't let, lost like five minutes off of it, <laughs> then I'm in a good place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can't yeah, yeah. just still working forward. You're just working with what you have now. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, uh, some trying to just give some people some more details, just in case they do want some other stuff. I think, in terms of programming for strength training, I think try and if you're just doing two days, just make them both full body. I think it's okay. better to work out yeah. things twice a week. Um, and just try and cover like you know make sure you're balancing that over your upper and lower body obviously um yeah. so maybe pick like three or four exercises per per half um oh, and for, you know upper body push and a pull um make sure with your legs you're giving something for your quads and your glutes so generally that might be something involving extending your hip and flexing your knee oh sorry extending the knee and then if you do hamstring exercise make sure you're doing other, another hip extension or flexing your knee exercise and then upper body yeah give yourself a push for your chest and your shoulders biceps and a pull for your back and then something maybe for, as an overhead press as well might be good as well just because it's a very weak area for a lot of people people are always surprised when they come in the gym and they do the shoulder press machine for the first time they can they can only do two and a half keys it's like yeah like because you're not pushing shit over your head in daily life how like, often are you, you know, doing that doing yeah, like absolutely. this you know like it doesn't happen so no, yeah. I completely um, agree. I think the point yeah. there about the kind of the balance, I, I totally agree. Two sessions a week, um, full body. I think you just don't need to be getting bogged down by like kind of the splits and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Body. They all, I they totally all honestly, they all make, they all achieve, you can achieve results yeah. doing any split. Honestly, I like agree. there's no magic split to this. A PPL or an upper lower or a specific body part day it makes no fucking difference. Like yeah. at the end of the day, when you when like you equate volume, really doesn't make that much difference. Completely agree. Completely so don't agree. worry about that shit. Just finding the balance, balance top to bottom, like you say, upper body, lower body, and I think balance front to back, push and pull. And I think yeah. you probably can't go too far wrong with that. You'll ultimately work everything. You'll be working front to yeah, back yeah. your leg, front to back your body, front to back your arms, top yeah. of your body, bottom of your body. I think you'll be in a really really good place. That then is when you then just start to start to incorporate some of those more complex lifts over time uh yeah. so you might replace a leg press machine with a squat and that squat might you say it might just be a goblet squat or it might it might just be i mean you might press onto deadlifts it's probably could be on a suitcase deadlifts with some dumbbells or things like this and then you just over, over time just start to, to progress into the more complex variations of things with confidence but yeah absolutely right back there just to give some uh just to give some people like a couple of people they could follow um, if they want to just just to learn more more about not necessarily don't I guess a lot of these people might offer quite advanced techniques but like the specific in terms of if they just want to learn technique from these people and some basic principles I think yeah. people like 
Dr. Mike Isretel is brilliant. Paul Carter is brilliant. Uh, Jeff Nipper does some very good stuff. Yes, absolutely. Um, people like that are good to follow. Daniel Webster, if you're a lady, um, she does some really good stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other people. There's a guy called Sean. I can't remember his surname now. He's very good. Uh, Chris Beardsley. All these people are on Instagram. Um, Alan Aragon, I want to say, for diet stuff. Brad J. Schoenfeld as well. He's brilliant. Um, so there's tons of people there. If people want to give those people a follow just for some basic advice. Um, they post really, really good shit. Really good stuff. And obviously me. Yeah, come and to me us. as well. <laughs> Coach Dog Callum on Instagram. Give me a follow. <laughs> I am not <laughs> I just want to say that now. <laughs> people won't find me wrong. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. I think that's probably a good place to end that one. There's only covered yeah, quite a bit there. I think cool. any I think one of those well. things we could dive into individually. A million um, percent, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think there's so many things that we've kind of covered off that. So, yeah. Good yeah, one. yeah. Nice cool. one. Right. Well, see you next week, everybody. Bye.